0: Welcome to my podcast, The TM Mental Health, and I'm your host, Brittany O'Sullivan. So this podcast episode is going to be continuing my series on specific mental illnesses, and this one's going to be on schizophrenia. So we're going to talk about the symptoms, what it looks like, what you can do for the people you love, and then we're going to talk about the 10 most common misconceptions that have to do with schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is one of those mental illnesses that's really in social media, it's in movies, and I, it's actually kind of exploited is what I would say. So there is like a false front of what they put as some of the symptoms are people who experience psychosis with schizophrenia they're considered crazy, violent, so we're gonna talk about all those things today. But to start it off, what is schizophrenia? It's a serious mental illness that affects how a person thinks, feels, and how they behave. People with schizophrenia may seem like they have lost touch with reality, which causes significant distress for the individual, their family members, and their friends. If left untreated, the symptoms of schizophrenia can be persistent and disabling. However, effective treatments are available When delivered in a timely, coordinated, and sustained manner, treatment can help individuals to engage in school or work, achieve independence, and enjoy personal relationships. So what is the onset and symptoms? So schizophrenia is typically diagnosed in late teen years to early 30s and tends to emerge earlier in males, which is about late adolescence, early 20s times, than females, which is in their early 20s and early 30s. A diagnosis of schizophrenia often follows the first episode of psychosis. So what is psychosis? The word psychosis is used to describe conditions that affect the mind, where there have been some loss of contact with reality. When someone becomes ill in this way, it's called a psychotic episode. During a period of psychosis, a person's thoughts and perceptions are disturbed, and the individual may have difficulty understanding what is real and what is not. So when individuals first display symptoms of schizophrenia, it's usually after an episode of psychosis. Schizophrenia can occur in younger children, but it is rare for it to occur before late adolescence. The symptoms of schizophrenia generally fall into the following three categories. Psychotic symptoms include altered perceptions, which could be changes in vision, hearing, smell, touch, and taste abnormal thinking, and odd behaviors. People with psychotic symptoms may lose a shared sense of reality and experience themselves and the world in a distorted way. Specifically, individuals typically experience hallucinations, such as hearing voices or seeing things that aren't really there, or delusions, which are firmly held beliefs not supported by objective facts. For example, paranoia, irrational fears for that others are out to get them, or believing that the television, radio, or internet, or broadcasting special message that requires some sort of response from them. So like an example for this is, let's say someone is out and someone's taking a picture and you're walking by. And someone thinks that that person's taking a picture of them and thinks that they're the FBI and they're out to get them. This is actually a real scenario. And they try They try fighting the other person or they try hiding and they are convinced in their head that that person who's taking a picture of the ocean um, or whatever it may be behind them is actually an FBI agent taking a picture of them. That's how far these delusions can go and they can even go further than that. And another is a thought disorder which includes unusual thinking or disorganized speech. And then there are some negative symptoms. Include loss of motivation, disinterest, or lack of enjoyment in their daily activities, social withdrawal, difficulty showing emotion, and difficulty functioning normally. Specifically, individuals typically have reduced motivation and difficulty planning beginning of sustaining activities. They have diminished feelings of pleasure in everyday life. They have what's called also to a flat effect or reduced expression of emotions um, via like facial expression or their voice tone. Or they just, like, might stop speaking. They're, it's really common for them to stop speaking, to reduce talking, um, to kind of withdraw completely altogether. And there's also some cognitive symptoms. These include problems in attention, concentration, and memory. For some individuals, the cognitive symptoms of schizophrenia are subtle. But for others, they're more prominent and interfere with activities like following conversations, learning new things, or remembering appointments. Specifically individuals typically experience difficulty processing information to make decisions problems using information immediately after learning it or trouble focusing or paying attention So for people who experience schizophrenia, what are the risk factors? Several factors contribute to the risk of developing schizophrenia. There's genetics, environment, brain structure, and function. So with genetics schizophrenia sometimes runs in families however it is important to know that just because someone in a family has schizophrenia it does not mean that other family members will have it genetic studies strongly suggest that many different genes increase the risk of developing schizophrenia but not that no single gene causes the disorder itself it's kind of a mix of a bunch of different ones that are indicators it is not yet possible to use genetic information to predict who will develop schizophrenia But I'm sure that's going to come. Now, the environment. Scientists think that interactions between genetic risk and aspects of an individual's environment may play a role in the development of schizophrenia. Environmental factors that may be involved include living in poverty, stressful surroundings, and exposure to viruses or nutritional problems before birth. And then The last one is brain structure and function. Scientists think that the differences in brain structure, function, and interactions among chemical messengers, called neurotransmitters, may contribute to the development of schizophrenia. For example, differences in the volume of specific components of the brain and the way regions of the brain are connected and work together in neurotransmitters, such as dopamine, are found in people with schizophrenia. Differences in brain connection and brain circuits seen in people with schizophrenia may begin developing before birth. Changes to the brain that occur during puberty may trigger psychotic episodes in people who are vulnerable due to genetics, environmental exposures, or the type of difference in their brain structures mentioned above. So for people who are struggling with schizophrenia, what are some treatment and therapies for them? The causes of schizophrenia are highly very complex and are not fully understood. So current treatments focus on managing symptoms and solving problems related to their day-to-day functioning treatments include antipsychotic meds. Antipsychotic medications can help reduce the intensity and frequency of those psychotic symptoms. They are usually taken daily in pill or liquid forms. Some antipsychotic medications are given as injections once or twice a month, which some individuals find to be more convenient than daily oral doses. Patients whose symptoms do not improve with standard antipsychotic medication typically receive clozapine. People treated with clozapine must undergo routine blood testing to detect a potential dangerous side effect that occurs in 1-2% of patients. Many people taking antipsychotic medications have side effects such as weight gain, dry mouth, restlessness, and drowsiness when they start taking these medications. Some of these side effects often subdue over time, but others may persist, which may cause some people to consider stopping their antipsychotic medication. Suddenly, stopping medication can be very dangerous, and it can make schizophrenic symptoms actually worse. People should not stop taking antipsychotic medication without talking to a healthcare provider first. Shared decision-making between doctors and patients is the recommended strategy for determining the best type of medicine or medication combination and the right dose. You can find the latest information on warnings patients, medication guides, or newly approved medications on the U.S. Food and Drug Administration website. So there's also some psychosocial treatments which is cognitive behavioral therapy behavioral skills training supported employment and cognitive re interventions which may help address the negative and cognitive symptoms of schizophrenia a combination of these therapies and antipsychotic medication is actually very common when treating schizophrenia psychosocial treatments can be helpful for teaching and improving cognitive skills and coping skills to address the everyday challenges of schizophrenia They can help people pursue their life goals such as attending school working or forming relationships with others individuals who participate in regular psychosocial treatment are like are less likely to actually relapse or be hospitalized there's also some family education and support educational programs for family members significant others and friends are Offer instruction about schizophrenia symptoms and treatments and strategies for assisting the person with the illness. And I'm going to actually talk about some things that you can do if you know someone or have a loved one that has schizophrenia, some things that you can do to help aid them later in this episode. But increasing key supporters' understanding of psychotic symptoms, treatment options, and the course of recovery can lessen their distress and also help bolster their coping and empowerment and strengthen their capacity to offer effective assistance. Family-based services may be provided on an individual basis or through multi-family workshops and support groups. There's also coordinated special care for people who suffer from schizophrenia. Coordinated special care is a general term used to describe recovery-oriented treatment programs for people with first-episode psychosis, which is an early stage of schizophrenia. A team of health professionals and specialists deliver Coordinated special care, which includes psychotherapy, medication management, case management, employment, and educational support, and family and educational support. The person with early psychosis and the team work together to make treatment decisions involving members uh, of their family as much as possible. Compared to typical care for early psychosis, this is more effective at reducing symptoms, improving quality of life, and increasing involvement in work or school. And the last one is assertive community treatment, and this is designed to especially for individuals with schizophrenia who are at risk of repeated hospitalization or homelessness. The key elements of assertive community treatment, which is also ACT, include a multi-disciplinary team, including medication prescriber, a shared caseload among team members, direct service provision by team members, a high frequency of patient contact, low patient-to-staff ratios, and outreach to patients in the community. ACT reduces hospitalization and homelessness among individuals with schizophrenia. And I wanted to add to you, if you are struggling with schizophrenia or anything in this podcast resonates with you or you think resonates with someone you know, there is a way to find help. You should contact one of the local... Psychiatrists or counselors, and also I'm going to read a little bit about the Substance Abuse and Mental Health illness Services Administration because they provide Behavioral Health Treatment Service Locator for finding mental health treatment facilities and programs. And their earlier Serious Illness Treatment Locator provides information about treatment facilities that offer coordinated special care. So you can actually, if you go into Google, you can type in um, SAMH. S.A., which is the abbreviation for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration or you can type that whole thing if you would like to and it will pop up their website where you can actually find a locator for this type of treatment. So, now that we've kind of understand a little bit about what schizophrenia is, how can you help someone that you know and love with schizophrenia? Often people who are close to the person with schizophrenia are confused and unsure about the illness and their role in helping the person recover. They may be afraid of accidentally doing something that can make things worse. So the first question you need to ask yourself is, is this an emergency? If it is, get help immediately if the person has deliberately injured themselves, talks about suicide or killing someone else, is disoriented, does not know who they are, where they are, or what time of day it is, has hallucinations, hearing or seeing things that are not real, or delusions, very strange reliefs, often based on the content of hallucinations is confused or not making sense, if the person has any of these symptoms, mean to call a professional. Now, what can you do personally as a loved one or friend to help someone that you know with schizophrenia? Focus on the person's strengths, the things that they enjoy or that they're good at. This can help boost their mood and keep them from this negative thinking pattern. Keep reminding them that they have a role as a member of their family and their community. Consider doing a family psychoeducational program, is a little bit what I talked about earlier. This is a chance to learn about the illness, how to communicate better, and how to deal with problems or conflicts when they arise. Ask someone from a healthcare team about psychoeducational programs near you, or you can use the Google link that I gave you guys uh, as well, where where you kind of Google it in. If you cannot join a psychoeducational program consider making an appointment with a psychologist to learn more about schizophrenia and how you can help the person family therapy is really good for this as well especially if you have an adolescent the whole family going to therapy is a really great way learn how to recognize the early warning signs of a psychotic episode and how to plan for when something like that does happen learn motivational techniques to encourage the person to do things for themselves keep track of their healthcare visits and help Make sure they don't miss them and they are taking their medications correctly. Encourage them to choose someone, example, a friend, their partner, or another family member who will help and support them for as long as they need help. It is very important to have someone they trust who will keep trying to help them no matter what. Sometimes when a person with schizophrenia is unwell, they may turn against the person they are normally close to. Encourage them to participate in one-on-one activities, for example, card games, chess, jigsaw puzzles, or walking. And don't leave them alone after a hospital visit. When someone with schizophrenia has been in the hospital, the first week back at home can be very hard emotionally. During this time, people need lots of support. And stay safe. I also wanted to highlight things that do not help. Do not constantly remind them to take medication. Instead, make a mutual plan to work together to overcome forgetfulness and set up a routine to follow. What happens if the person you love doesn't want help? Generally, an adult has the right to refuse treatment, but they can be treated without their consent to reduce the risk of serious harm to themselves or others if there is a risk that their health will seriously deteriorate. So now that we know, some things that we can do. This is probably the biggest, this next section is like the biggest part of this episode because there is so many incorrect information and misconceptions about schizophrenia. So we're going to do our myth-busting section. So, some of us Incorrect information is spread by movies, or TV shows, or sometimes people use stereotypes when talking about this mental illness. It's a serious mental illness that really disables people to think and act clearly. When you have schizophrenia, your brain often tells you you're seeing things or hearing things that aren't there. This makes it hard to tell what's real and what isn't. It also affects how well you think, make decisions, and manage your emotions. And around 1% of people in the U.S. have schizophrenia. It affects men and women equally. And like I said earlier, it tends to affect women later than it does men. So, myth number one. Having schizophrenia means that you have multiple personalities. Have you seen the movie Split, 2? That's, that's one that all people think he has schizophrenia. This is actually one of the biggest misunderstandings about schizophrenia. One poll found that 64% of Americans believe that this condition involves a split personality like that movie, which means someone acts like they're two separate people or multiple people. Some of the most common symptoms of schizophrenia are actually hallucinations and delusions, which include what I was talking about earlier, which is hearing or seeing things. This is not the same as multiple personality disorder, or more accurately is Dissociative Identity Disorder is what it's called in the DSM-5, which I've said in in some of my past episodes what that is. It's basically like the dictionary for mental health illnesses. A person with schizophrenia doesn't have two different personalities. Instead, they have false ideas or have lost touch with reality. Multiple personality disorder is completely unrelated to schizophrenia. Myth number two. Most people with schizophrenia are violent or dangerous. In movies and TV shows, Who is the crazed killer? Often it's a character with this condition. That's not the case in real life. Even though people with schizophrenia can act unpredictable at times, most aren't violent, especially if they're getting treated. People with schizophrenia are more likely to be victims of violence. They're also more likely to harm themselves than others. Suicide rates among people with schizophrenia are very high. When people with this brain disorder do commit violent acts, they usually have another condition, like childhood conductive problems or substance abuse. But the disorder alone doesn't make you physically aggressive. Myth number three, bad parenting is the cause of schizophrenia. Mothers, in particular, often get blamed. But schizophrenia is a mental illness. It has many causes, including genes, trauma, and drug abuse. Mistakes you've made as a parent won't give your child this condition. Myth four, if a parent has schizophrenia, you'll get it too. Genes do play a role, but just because one of your parents has this mental illness doesn't mean that you're destined to get it. You might have a slightly higher risk, but scientists do think genes are not the only cause. Certain viruses, not getting enough nutrition before you're born, and other things play a role on the genes. If one parent has schizophrenia, your risk of getting the condition is about 10%. Having more than one family member with it m- does make you a little bit higher risk. Myth number five, people with schizophrenia aren't smart. Some studies have found that people with this condition have more trouble on tests of mental skills such as attention, learning, and memory, but that does not mean that they're not intelligent. Many creative and smart people throughout history have schizophrenia, such as Russian ballet dancer, I'm gonna butcher the name, Valsva Nizinsky, and Nobel Prize winning mathematician John Nash. Scientists are even looking into links between genes that may be related to both psychosis and creativity. Myth number six. If you have schizophrenia, you belong in a mental hospital. There was a time when people with mental illnesses were sent to asylums or even prisons. But now that experts know more about this disease. Few people need to be placed in a long-term mental health facility. The level of care you need depends on how severe your symptoms are. Most people with schizophrenia live independently with family or in-support housing in the community. It is important to be in close contact with your doctor and have support in place to help you continue your treatment as needed. Myth number seven, you can't hold a job if you have schizophrenia. Schizophrenia can make it harder for you to land a job and to go to work every day. But with the right treatment, many people can find a position that fits their skills and abilities. Myth number eight schizophrenia makes people lazy. The illness can make it harder for someone to take care of their daily needs, such as dressing and bathing. This doesn't mean that they're lazy. They just need help with their daily routine. Myth number nine, it comes on as a sudden psychotic break. This is the fact. Some people have a big mental event that leads to a schizophrenic diagnosis, but symptoms can appear over time and are sometimes really hard to notice. If you have early symptoms of schizophrenia, you might be less social, show less interest in normal activities, and withdraw from everyday life. Other symptoms like acting out and delusions can show up later. Myth number 10, you can never recover from schizophrenia. Schizophrenia can be hard to treat but it's not impossible. Antipsychotic medications help stabilize you and lower the risk of future symptoms. Talk therapy and cognitive therapy are also helpful tools that can show you how to handle stress better and live well. With the right medicine and therapy, about 25% of people with this disease will recover completely. Another 50% will see some improvement in their symptoms, and many people live with their condition can live full, productive lives. So, Thank you guys for listening so much. I hope that cleared some of the things up about schizophrenia. I know that there's a lot of, like I said, propaganda basically out there about schizophrenia and false misconceptions. So I hope that kind of cleared some things up for you. And I'm excited for you guys to hear my next podcast. And thank you guys for listening. And that's the tea of mental health.